Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity. Want to be a part of it? Well, find out how you can help by donating, by sponsoring, or even joining us. Just visit nhradio.org.uk. The song is called Meet Me at Midnight. It's taken from the new album, which is called Open Hearts, Open Minds. It's by D-Ream. And I'm so pleased to welcome uh, the, well, the lead voice on uh, for D-Ream, uh, Mr. Peter Kuna. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Ken. I'm very well. How are you? I'm not bad at all. I love the new album, by the way. Um, it's it's took a long time coming, but everything that's you know good is worth waiting for. So thank you for that. Um, we'll we talk yeah. about the album sort of very shortly, but let's. Let, I'm going to take you back a little bit, and I'm sure that everybody does this anyway. Let's go back to 1992, um, and just tell us how was the band formed? Um, because I, I know that you came over from Ireland uh, over to England. You tell us the rest of it. How was uh, DV formed? Well, I, I left an indie band. We were signing to Mother Records, who Mother Records were U2 funded label to help local bands, and they got us over to London. The band didn't work out, but I slept on friends' floors until I went to a nightclub called The Brain in Water Street. Now, it was interesting because you had all sorts in there. You had people like um, Rankin, the photographer, Jefferson Hack, who went on to form ACDC, Paul Daly from Left Field was there, Lisa Meyer from Yellow. It was, it was kind of all these kind of lovies, like people who were aspirations. And I was I was no less, I had the aspirations too, so I found myself in this nightclub. And one of the residents was a fellow called Al McKenzie. And I was at the bar when I was introduced to him. And I said, look, I'm, I'm really struggling making records sound like the way you play them out. So he, he came over to my studio. I'd never been to a studio before. And when I say my studio, um, I literally had my bedroom. Uh, I slept on the floor and all my equipment had private plates all around the room. So he <clears throat> he um, he listened to the, the record I was working on. And he said, um, can you make that kick drum last? For 32 bars. That's an awful long time. That's nearly a minute. And I was going like, uh, I know one's going to listen to that. He said, well, it's not for you. It's for other DJs that they're going to lock on. That was the formation of the ring because then I knew that my songwriting and my production skills matched with this fellow's dance floor knowledge was perfect recipe. And the song we were working on was a song called You're the Best Thing. That's how we started. And that, of course, was most people thought things can only get better was the first one. But no, you're the be- uh, best thing was, of That's course, right. the first one. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it, it just sort of went on like, like a roller coaster, I suppose, because then those records came out yeah. again and everybody realized what great records they were and they bought them, which is good. Now, then, I heard somewhere that Brian Cox, who was also part of DRM at the start, started off as the band's driver. Is, is that right? And how That's did he become part? How did he become Brian, part of the band? <laughs> well, our, our driver was sick, and he depped out his job uh, to Brian, who actually was at college studying physics. And uh, Brian, we were his summer job, right? Okay. And uh, Drac, he depped out the job to Brian, said, that, yeah, I'm working with this band. They're not going to go anywhere, but you might as well have this for your summer. Anyway, Brian turned up, and um, we found out that he was much better at playing keyboards than he was at uh, choosing directions <laughs> off a map. Uh, because we got lost. We used to say, coming to a roundabout, oh, God, Brian's driving, so just pick a number, and it was just random. Uh, so he, he, like most scientists, zero common sense, like zero, and uh, but but brilliant at the keyboards, and uh, obviously a good-looking fellow, too, and he really fitted in with us. And I, re- I, I was actually um, talking to him a wee while ago, 
and I said, but I'd have to take some credit for your career because I think you cut your chops in, in the van, in the turquoise, telling really complicated ideas to quite stupid people like me. And he said, you know what, Pete, I'll give you that. <laughs> so so that, that's kind of like a Brian sort of, you know, story with me. We're still uh, in touch with each other, but God, I went to see his live show there not too long ago and like everything, it just goes right over my head. I don't know anyone who can keep up with him. He is a brilliant person. He is what you see, what you get. He's such a nice man, but he's also very, very intelligent, super intelligent. And one last wee fact I'll tell you is I don't know if anyone listening will remember a man called Carl Sagan, who was basically the poster boy for science in the 70s. I remember Carl Sagan talking at great length about science and the universe and all that stuff. That's, that's Brian's hero. And in a way, he's emulating his hero. And then he's now become a poster boy for science, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's sort of made his way in the world, and D Ream have, have made their way. Fancy saying that the, the you know the band was going nowhere. How little did they know at that time? <laughs> so now then, most songs uh, are written about girls uh, and stuff like that. But with things can only get better. I mean, that song was actually inspired by a girl saying something rather nasty to you when you were working in an office. Tell us the story oh, well, of how this girl inspired yes. such a massive hit. Well, um, I'm sitting in this office. Uh, it wasn't called the Mighty and Curtis. They, they cut up bits of paper and they made reports for various corporations. So it was quite, it was like Ricky Gervais's office insofar as everyone was really spiteful and uh, sharp-witted and were point scoring. And one, one particular day I was sitting in front of a girl called Rana Gift, whose brother is Roland Gift. And this girl said something to me, and she could see I was crestfallen because she really hurt me. Um, they used to call me Peter Popstar because I had aspirations. Anyway, uh, I just I looked at that. There was a fear welling in my eyes. She said, look, cheer up, Pete. You know what they say, things can only get better. And I just, the penny just dropped for me, and I just jumped up without saying a word. I grabbed my Walkman, anyone old enough to remember what a Walkman is. Oh, yes. It's basically... Yeah, 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 yeah. You can set on that one. It's the toilet. Good, yeah. I sang that line because I was looking for a line for something I was working on. It worked a treat, and that, that was the, the chorus. So, yes, it's thanks to uh, someone trying to cheer me up. <laughs> Brilliant. So, <laughs> and of, that line, yeah. And of course, for anybody who doesn't know, Roland Gift was the lead singer of Fine Young Cannibals, um, of course. That's and right, yeah. Still going yeah. strong um, yeah. on, on the scene at the, yeah. at the moment. So, now then, things can only get better. I mean, that's been a hit for the band three times over, and over the last 18 months, of course. It's never been more relevant. Um, and just before, what, well, just when the first lockdown and I did my last show um, be- before the break, yeah. the last song I played on my programme was Things Can Only Get Better. It is such yeah. an uplifting, hopeful song. Um, I mean, it's become a bit of a modern anthem now, hasn't it? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it, it's, it's long stopped being my song. I was kind of involved in it at one point, but now it's got public ownership. People are doing the clap for carers there's a women's cancer choir there i've done a version there's about 60 of them on it and there's cover versions knocking around jack whitehall has also used to uh in one of his it's just gone beyond what i could even uh, envisage at all and um and that's that's lovely because it's kind of like songs like you never walk alone it has it's taken on that kind of i don't know that, that love, it's gone to another level, if you like. And it's great for us because it means that we still get um, invited to do gigs and stuff for people. And we've just been out there recently. We were, with, uh, we were in Erlam there, and then we were in uh, Kiebeck's up in Sunderland. So we're up in 
Manchester and in front of them. We're going to not over in about a month's time. So it's, it's beginning to pick up again. And uh, I can't tell you how... Um, I, I know there's a slightly different energy in the audience because we've all been sort of starved of, of, of live music events for so long that there's a real uh, energy in the air, you know? So it's great. It's really good. And it is great that people can actually go out and see people live again. I went out for the first time for, it must be about two, three years um, last week to see um, a, a live gig. And it, it's just so refreshing just to be able to stand there and see people live in front of you performing. Uh, and it, it is so special, um, you know, that sort of entertainment. So, you know. There's, there's, there's an energy. Yes. Like, there's an energy like that happens. Because we feel it too. You're standing on stage. All you're doing is cheerleading people because you know they're, they're just charged up and they just want this. And I think. All that, 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 you know, there's like a, something like that, an energy field that comes off your heart. I believe that, that when you get people united like that, it goes to another level. And, um, and we witness it, we feel it. It makes me, I'm, I'm giddy with happiness on stage. I can't stop smiling. I'm just so, um, charged by the, the vibe that comes back at us. So it's like, it's a sort of turbo charge thing, you know, and that's what, that's what we love. We've been started that for so long. And, what? um, no, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's just brilliant to be back, you know, doing what we do best. And as you say, it's a two-way thing because we love to see live pe- uh, people live on stage and obviously, you know, you, you just want to get out there and perform your work again. And that brings yeah. me on to the new album, Open Hearts, Open Minds. Now, this is the first album for over 10 years. Um, I mean, it's, I've yeah. listened to the album. It's a really, really positive and upbeat feel um, ab- about it. And I suppose when, when you go out and perform these songs, you know, it, it, it's sort of... Uh, in a way, it's it's a bit like a, a, a drug, isn't it? You know, it, it sort of really hypes you up, and, and with everything being so positive at the moment, these songs are just right for this period of time, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah someone said to me, how come you come along uh, whenever there's a crisis with something positive? And I said, I'm sorry, but my timing isn't that good. <laughs> we've, um, we've spent the last decade um, working and fine-tuning this. We, you know, we worked in over... I think sixty odd songs, and we still got some in the pipeline. We're still half finished. These these are the ones that Alan really cherry picked, my, my partner. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's funny because I'm I'm in mid fifties now, and um, I've been thinking about what what dream means to people. And then when we looked at these songs, we thought we wanted something that we didn't want to. Well, we want to entertain people. Obviously, we want to bring people on. We want to give. We want to bring a sense of hope. And I don't, I don't really respond well to music that, that points a finger or, or says I'm going to hell in a handcart. I really believe that you know, music should be a celebration, it should be an entertainment. Um, it, you know, it has a slight, you know, tongue in cheek here and there, uh, which we do with things like skin tight or, um, or emperors of the night. So, you know, yeah, it's hard to find a positive angle when you're in your mid-50s and you can be prone to grumpiness, but. We do. We've got, you know, this angle I said to you about used to believe in love, but now I believe in you. There's a great twist on, on, on a classic thought, if you know what I mean. And I, so, th- I th- yes, sorry, we work hard on, on finding that angle. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I, th- I think what one song on that album, which is going to be, uh, you know, when you perform it live, I think it's it's going to be a bit of an anthem, uh, which is the grind you down um, song. I think everyone's uh, going to want to uh, sing along that one. <laughs> well, you know. It, it, um, as a child myself, um, I, I, I was always using that phrase with people, or yeah. it's always said to me. And um, and the thing is, like, you know, you get to that point. I'm not. We're not worried about radio anymore. Our our connections directly with our fan base. You go onto yeah. our website and you can have the music there. And that that's that's what we're doing. We're, we're ignoring the sort of system, as it were. 
and it's been really, really interesting because we don't have to censor uh, like we would do on radio. Yeah. And someone said to me, "Look, you want to play on radio? You get don't let the haters get you down." But well, that, that water's down. What, what's just a normal phrase of life? So it, it, this is basically for for the fans, and uh, it's good. About, it's a giant storm, right? I've got to say, because the minute you, you mentioned the title, everyone laughs, and it's nice to hear a couple of thousand people laughing at the same time. <laughs> uh, too right, yeah. Now then, the album, of course. Um, not a lot of people will probably know this, but the album has been sort of it's been released and everything. Everything's been done by uh, by you and Al. There's no record company behind it or anything. Yeah. How important well, is it? Yeah. How important is it to yourself yeah. for this album to be a big success? Because I mean, it it costs quite a bit of money to get an album out, so you've got to reap all that back. It, so it does. No, and we don't care. We don't care if we reap it back or not. What we're doing is we're making great, great music, and it's it's our our version of our art. And this, this, in this effect, from the artwork to the engineering to the performance to the manufacture of it, we've we've done everything. And uh, so there's been no one um, trying to say, "Oh, make you know, rewrite things going better." Or, Why don't you do that one again? No one's interfered in this, and it's just it's just purely the best of me and Al, uh, what what we can do. So I'm enjoying it for that, and I think the, the fans are enjoying it too. That the, the response has been phenomenal. Um, you know, people are really really enjoying it. And they're playing it to friends, and friends are buying it. So we're doing really a word of mouth thing, which is how we launched Dream in the first place. When when we did, you're the best thing. It did its own work for us. We didn't have to market it. People picked it up and played it, and it's as simple as that. And that's what we're hoping to do again with the album. We're playing the long term. This is the the first album in ten years, but the next one won't be won't be two years. Lockdown was um, really beneficial in insofar as it had me just focusing completely on music. And that's that's what we did. And the upside of that is we've, you know, we've written an immense body of work, which we we can now um, yeah finish up and and entertain people with. And I can't wait to get it out live in front of people. They've been really good, you know, at the gigs because we play about four or five of the new ones they've never heard before. But you can dance to them, and they have that, like as I said, with some um, some of the songs, they they have that pick pick up feel, you know, to get people going, and that's that's what's important to us. Well, I mean, listening to the whole album, that there, there is it, it, it's like sort of somebody has switched off in sort of the late 90s and then it switched back on again now it, it sounds so much like I, I don't want to say it sounds like the, the way you were before uh, but it's as in, uh, effective as what it was before but it's got that fresh sound to it um, which is great uh, for anyone to listen to sort of you know on, on CD or download or however they listen to it as well as listening to live yeah, yeah so the thing is we, we consciously didn't we, we did the last record um, in memory of was an experimental record insofar as we used we fused house music with, with rock because I wanted to play more guitar and this one was more of a return to how we sounded and the thing is what well, <laughs> I don't want the ring to be um, I mean we will put, we will push the boundaries on but you're going to recognise the sound of it as well, yeah. if that makes any sense D- definitely um, and we're using all the things we used to use because there's no point in us trying to do a, a record like um, you know, uh, Billy Eilish or, or Lady Gaga. There's no point. You know, if you were a blues band, you make a blues record. Yeah. You don't try and make a house record. And similarly, you know, we were there at the start of House. They accused us of being handbag house. Can you believe that? But what that means is the girls loved it and they danced around their handbags yeah. to it <laughs> because it has two two key elements. It's got um, hopeful, uh, you know, vocals that are soulful, and then it's good strings. So what else can I say? It's, it's just, it's got a bit of pretty about it, which is what we do. We do. It's just what we do. 
you, you can tell it's D-Ream. That, that, that's all I'm saying. It is typical D-Ream, and it's the D-Ream that we all love uh, on there. Let me just ask oh. your opinion on streaming, because, I mean, nowadays people have got all their music on, you know, sort of on the, on the internet, and they stream yeah. the music. Um, I mean, what's, right. what's your opinion on that? Because, I mean, this doesn't well, make artists a lot of money, does it? We think it's crap. We don't get anything for streaming. So we haven't put our music on streaming. And if you are streaming, then you're being lazy and you're not actually investing in the band. Um, and that's not the way to consume people's work. You know, you, you have to go and... I, I personally go and I buy CDs still. Um, I buy vinyl now. I've been getting into again. Wow. And if I do stream it off, the you know, I can stream directly from the artist on Bandcamp, for yeah. example, which pays artists properly. But people like Spotify, and not, not many people know this, are paying us weekly 0.0004 cents per stream, right? I need a thousand streams to get four cents. That's it, best. It's, that it's, guy's rolling around yeah. in, a, in a limousine and he's telling artists to write more, you know, write more music. Half of Spotify's content is bogus. It's made by them themselves. Got to, people got to wake up to this stuff. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, we get nothing for that. If you, if you throw us under the bus with coronavirus and don't let us play live, and then you allow streaming to happen, even the government allowing streaming to happen. What you've done is you, you're killing, you're killing music, you're just killing musicians. You know. Now I know that I got. To... So we're, we're, what we've done is we, we've consciously you can you can get it on Bandcamp. Yep. You can get it from our website, thereen.co.uk, but you can't get it on streaming services. So it won't appear. All you see is the first two albums which people click on. But if you want to hear the new album, you've got to go and do a bit of work. You know. But that, that's where I got the album three from. Three more clicks. All three right. more clicks than you normally do. How about that? I got it from Bandcamp. Uh, I did. I made sure I, I got it from there. So, uh, and, and it's a great album. Oh, good man. Thank you. Uh, how can Thank people? Um, how can people? Apart from, sort of, you know, sort of the banker. You said uh, vinyl. You've got vinyl copies. How can people get copies of the album? Because nowadays there's not that many vinyl um, shops, and a lot of shops don't stock vinyl. So, how can people get hold of the copy if they want a vinyl copy? It, well, you can get it through Bandcamp if you oh, want, right. but you can also um, get it from our website. Um, direct. What we're doing is we, we've set up a website and we're just developing one that does streaming direct for a membership. Now, the thing, what's interesting about this is the very template that we thought we we're going to pass on to other bands because I believe the future is direct to to, to artists. So everyone, so if I like Talking Heads, for example, or you two, I just have a relationship with them. I don't need anyone else between me and them. I can just speak to them directly. And that's that's amazing because you're no longer broadcasting to like a faceless crowd you're actually you know some of our fans are contacting us they're sending us pictures of them being at Jodrell Bank where we did um, the, the video for Party of the World or uh, and then they were at the kid's 10th birthday and, and I'm sending them messages you know it's like it's very very different to the way the world used to be now that we have the internet we're more connected than ever and I find it it's really life-affirming for me to have the, these people in my life as well they're coming to the shows they're saying hello and it's kind of building up relationships again. And that's, that's what direct to artist is, you know. That, that is what we need. And I'm so pleased that, that bands like D-Ream um, are sort of taking control back um, on, on the music yeah. and, uh, you know, sort of making sure that the people who, who are going to benefit most from it get that benefit. Uh, and it's not going to, to all other places. So, you know, I, 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 all, all sort of... Round of applause for you, basically, for, for doing that. Because, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people who put yeah. a lot of trust in other people and they're not getting anything for it. No, well, you know, it's like someone, someone said, so that's like commercial suicide. I'm, I don't care about commerce. 
you know, I'm a, as an artist, I make music. Um, a musical artist, I perform, I, I write, I arrange, I, I do all of that stuff. And it, it is there for consumer. Most of our stuff is even signed. So it's in effect like buying a limited edition print. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> whatever way you want to look at it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got a value, intrinsic value in and of itself, uh, above and beyond what the music has. And you so, get it. And I, I love that because I, I go to our galleries and I'm a big fan of artists. I collect people like Damien Hurst or um, Polly Morgan or things like that. And I, I know my relationship with them. I've even spoken to Polly Morgan a few times. It's, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You know, you really feel, get a sense of a feel for an artist's work um, over time. And, and that's what, kind of where we're hoping to be at some point. And it's not about, um, we've, we've done the big shiny stuff in the top of the pops back in the day. That's there. But in terms of our artistry, we've never been more fulfilled and we've never been better. We're, we're at the top of our game right now. And I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Well, I'm so chuffed for you that, you know, everything is, is, is still working out for you. Um, and you're still yeah. putting the great music out there as well. As I said, I love the album. It's, it's such a great... It just makes you feel so good just listening um, to it. If people want to find out more about D-Ream, uh, where can they go to, Peter? Go to our website, d-ream.co.uk, and uh, it's all up there. All the connections to Facebook, Twitter, um, they're all on there, so you can get us from there. Marvellous stuff. And uh, as I say, the, the new album is out now, the, the new single... Uh, which is taken from it is called I Used to Believe in Love uh, that's the one that we're going to play out on Peter have a wonderful Sunday and thank you so much uh, for joining it's been a pleasure yeah. speaking to you matey well yeah, everyone listening I hope you get well soon and um, yeah, yeah thanks for playing our songs yeah, thank you so much absolute pleasure cheers Peter take care now bye bye creating and rekindling memories NHR